Welcome to the Strangeology Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Boren. From cryptozoology, ufology, and the paranormal, to legends, forbidden history, and more. Listen in and explore the world of the weird and unexplained. Join me as I look into strange and fascinating tales and unearth the truths and theories behind some of the world's greatest mysteries. Be sure to head on over to our HQ, strangeology.com, where you can check out our blog, episodes archive, gift shop, and so much more. Now sit back, relax, and join me as we get weird. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Strangeology Podcast. I hope that everyone's doing well and is nice and healthy. If you follow me over on Instagram, uh, you'll know that uh, I was at a commission for a couple days in, in the last week as I'm recording this. Uh, wound up getting sick with the sickness, uh, but I'm feeling a lot better. And uh, thanks to everyone who sent their well wishes uh, for quick recovery. Uh, just a little bit congested, but other than that, I'm doing pretty fine. Uh, so anyway, uh, winter is still in the full effect in New England. And as I'm recording this, we've had this like windstorm going on throughout the day. Uh, there's branches down everywhere and it, and the house is getting hit with gusts hard enough to make the whole place kind of move and shake, which is kind of wild. So if you hear a weird creak in the background, it's kind of probably what that is. Uh, anyway, since I was feeling under the weather for the past week, um, I don't have too many updates to share other than to look out for some new merch designs coming up in the shop. I'm also working on uh, writing some scripts for some new material for my YouTube channel, uh, which I haven't done a lot of lately, and I've been really wanting to get back to that. Uh, and I believe I mentioned this on the last episode, but the the Northfield Pigman episode that I was planning on doing uh, is a little bit uh, delayed. I need to, to do some more filming. And I also got a drone uh, a couple months back, which I want to test out and get some shots from. Uh, but I still need to learn how to fly it, and I want kind of want to wait until it's not so snowy out. Uh, but anyway, if you haven't subscribed to my YouTube channel yet, uh, it would be awesome if you could, and it would mean a lot. Uh, if, if you do that, um, I do post this show over there in video format. Uh, episodes like today, uh, there's actually, I'll, I'll throw in the recorded video uh, from uh, Zoom calls when I when I chat and interview people. Otherwise, it's kind of just like a, uh, a moving graphic that <laughs> is in the background. Um, but uh, now that I have a kind of a vlogging camera, maybe I'll, I'll switch the setup at some point. Um, but speaking of interviews, uh, for today's show, I had the pleasure of uh, spending a little while talking to the one and only Aaron Deese. Uh, Aaron's a super cool dude that hosts the Hey Strangeness podcast with his wife, Sarah. And uh, it's it's funny how this uh, cryptid community has grown and evolved since I started Strangeology a couple of years ago and, and meeting new and awesome people all the time that enter into this community. And sometimes people fly under the radar. And uh, like with Aaron, I didn't even really 
know who he was until he became a part of the the clubhouse group, uh, the uh, the cryptid group that's that happens over there. Um, and even then, there's so many people in the community. I was just like, okay, he's that guy, and he runs this Instagram about books. And uh, then Aaron and his wife Sarah showed up at Cryptid Bash in West Virginia last summer. Uh, so I got to meet them. They briefly introduced themselves, but I didn't really get a chance to hang out and chat uh, with them or anyone until the end of the day because it was so busy. But I, I remember at the end of the day, Aaron came up to me with this book uh, called Wereworld. Uh, it's like a book about werewolves and stuff, uh, which I still haven't read because I have so much chaos going on at any given point, and I have so many books that I need to read, and I just suck at reading books. <laughs> uh, but he uh, he stuffed it with a bunch of stickers and cool stuff that he had collected from other vendors throughout the day. Um, there's like a sticker from Strange Day Zine and a few other things. And it was just really like this thoughtful thing that just, you know, made me remember him. And uh, so I asked him a couple weeks back if he wanted to come on the show and uh, because uh, Aaron and Sarah started their own podcast, Hey Strangeness, and Aaron is also uh, writing for blogs as well now. So it's kind of morphed into this cool thing for them. So I think you're going to like this interview today. Uh, I had a lot of fun chatting with him. Um, so, you know, without further ado, why don't we just jump into this interview? Welcome back to the show, everyone. Tonight we have Aaron Deese of the Hey Strangeness podcast with us. Aaron is a has a colorful background into exploring the world of the strange and unexplained and hosts his show with his wife, Sarah, and they are mega, mega enthusiasts of the paranormal, cryptids, conspiracies, true crime, and uh, anything... That's like the most strange and out there stuff under the sun. So thanks for coming on to the show tonight, man. Uh, what sparked your interest into the Fordian world and and what catapulted you into podcasting about this stuff? I mean, like yeah, your show's thanks. your show's so fun and I love listening to it. Oh, thank you. Thank <laughs> yeah. you. Thanks so much for having me, Jeff. I'm really excited to be here. Um, what got me into the Fordian world initially was honestly like I guess the Mothman, because um, about a year before the movie came out, uh, the Mothman prophecies, I, I purchased the book and I heard about it online and I just got really, really into that mythology. Um, and this was early, mid 2000s. So the Chupacabra stuff was still pretty fresh. You know, the, the actual Chupacabra. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah we could talk about that later <laughs> yeah i'm sure it'll, i'm sure it'll come up i obnoxiously make it a point to come up but yeah. um yeah so really probably just like the mothman and then you know this is early days of the user-generated internet so geocities was a big thing i actually had my own geocities page oh who <laughs> which, didn't which was right you know, which was uh, just stuff i had plagiarized from other websites and <laughs> Um, but you know, I had the Mothman and the Chupacabra on there and just finding out about these cases that we could not conclusively say were this thing or were that thing. Like, you know, we're still trying to figure this stuff out and finding out there's a whole world of that. Um, that kind of is where, where I got hooked initially. Yeah. 
Nice. Yeah. It's uh it's such a rich and diverse uh world of study. Uh in and I've mentioned this before on my show, but you know, I was the kid that would always gravitate towards the the books on Bigfoot and the Loch Ness monster and the jackalope and and that kind yeah. of stuff. That kind of stuff and it, it was always just something that was there. Um but yeah, uh so you've uh you've recently started doing this uh this part of the show that's called strange conversations. Hopefully I got that right. Uh, yeah. How's, how's that been going? I, I popped in onto one of your, your, your Instagram lives. I think it was with Jonathan Dodd and there was a solid audience in there. Like how, how's that all been going? And like, and uh, do you have any like big, big plans for, for that aspect of the whole show? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't answer the second part of your first question. I'm sorry. Oh, no worries. No worries. Sorry, I, I felt that was disrespectful of me, but let me answer the question you just oh. asked me. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Strange Conversations came about because I I wanted an excuse to talk to my friends in the community on on the internet. Yeah. And it started, I reached out to Joss and Monique of Fright Life Paranormal. I was like, hey, would you guys be down to do um, a recorded Zoom call that we could make into a podcast episode? And you know, you can do whatever you want with it. I'll put it on YouTube. Um, and then the night we sat down to do it, something was up with my computer and Zoom just wouldn't run. Like it just, yeah. it wasn't happening. And I was so frustrated and uh, Joss texted me and he's like, well, why don't we just like do this on Instagram? And I was like, sure. So, <laughs> so we hung out on Instagram for like a half an hour and it was so yeah. much fun. Um, just talking about like their show and what they're working on and different aspects of the paranormal. Um, and then CryptidCon came and went, and I was like, man, I really miss all my my paranormal podcaster friends, you know, people like you, Jeff. Um, <laughs> oh, shucks. Huh. You're on the list. You've been on the list for a while. <laughs> and then, like, after the first couple that we did, other people started reaching out to me, and they were like, hey, I'd like to do one of these with you. And that was super cool, yeah. like, having people approach us and be like, oh, can we? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Nice. Um, so yeah, sorry to answer your question. It's been going really well. Um, every every one of these we've done has broken the the record of the one before as far as live viewers. Nice. Um, and then they're gaining viewers faster as they go. You know, like like I, I spoke with Seth Breedlove recently, and that video broke the the one week record of the two before it in twenty four hours. So that was exciting. That was yeah. a neat little. That's, that's always thing. yeah that's always cool to see um but yeah sorry i got a little ahead um you know going back to that first question you know no, like, you're good man what kind of inspired you to get it get into this whole you know podcasting realm yeah i a couple things i'm not entirely sure like <laughs> when we started hey strangeness it was just a place to like for me to show off my weird book collection <laughs> um, and, and I was listening to a ton of podcasts like Bigfoot Society and This Paranormal Life and uh, Strangeology. And I was like, man, like, <laughs> no, legit. And I was like, man, like, I, I feel like I would like to contribute to the conversation. Um, so I'm having these conversations with my wife, you know, because we just we talk about everything together. And one day she's like, well, why don't you just start a podcast? Like, why don't you just do it? You know, you keep talking about all these other shows you listen to. Why don't you just start your own? Yeah. And I was like, that sounds like fun, but I don't want to just like, I, I don't want to do it by myself. I do better in dialogue when I have somebody to bounce things off of. And she's like, well, if you'll plan it and produce it, I'll do it with you. 
And I was like, you promise? And she was just in like a really good mood that day, you know? <laughs> so I held her to that. Yeah. And now here we are. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, no, I was kind of in a similar position when I started Strangeology is strictly just an Instagram thing. It was like the beginning of pandemic. I was bored and, and uh, I was like, you know, I kind of want to just like make this thing and uh, on Instagram and talk about cryptids and UFOs and stuff. And my fiance was like, you should do it, do it, do it, do it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and you know, here, here we are uh, almost two years later, just, you know, doing the damn thing. So it's, it's, it's super fun. And I'm glad you're yeah. part of the, uh, the, the podcasting community that has just grown it's like this chosen family of all these yeah. like really awesome awesome people and it's uh yeah if if anyone who's listening and hears us name drop different podcasts and people y'all gotta go check all of those out because they're do that amazing shows and amazing content out there and so many fun stories and people um so aaron what's your process like for researching episodes because beyond the the strange conversations where you're just talking to other podcasters and 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 researchers and stuff you do your own research episodes mm -hmm. um you know how do how do you go about um looking into all the information do you do books do you watch documentaries uh, to just use Google. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honest, honestly, all the above. Um, yeah. it, and it also depends on the topic. I try to start with books. I feel like that's a good place to start because, um, you know, you have, have a bibliography you can reference and you have like, Oh, this, this book references this book. And, and I also just like books. Like here's a bunch sitting behind me on this bench. Um, yeah. So I like to start with books. I like to have something in my hand that I can carry around and just kind of flip through. And then I'll sort of switch over to Google, you know. Um, right. But I really like primary source documents. I think as often as possible, if we can look at things that, you know, were produced or written um, by people who witnessed events or who had knowledge of them, I think that's really beneficial to us as a, you know, as people who research these things. Yeah, um, for sure. So as yeah, so as often as possible, I try to find that stuff. But you know, that's 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 not always possible. So, <laughs> um, I love documentaries. I'm I will scream from the rooftops how much I think Small Town Monsters has done for this community and how amazing they are until the day that I die. Um, <laughs> you know, and of course podcasts too. Like so, I get a little bit of everything, I guess. To be honest with you. Um, when I'm citing sources for a given episode, I like to have, you know, maybe a couple YouTube videos that contribute to it, maybe a couple books, uh, maybe an article you can read, like just a little bit of everything to kind of pull as much as possible. Nice. Yeah, that's a, that's a great approach to doing it. I find myself kind of doing a similar, similar approach for sure. And there's, there's obviously there's certain topics that, uh, might not have, a book about them yet yeah like, like uh pale crawlers which although i think there's uh, a book coming about the those uh particular creatures <laughs> yeah the book the book publishers can't always keep up with what the online research community is doing yeah um, exactly and i yeah and i think you have to take anything that comes from the internet with a grain of salt especially if it's reddit but um <laughs> To, to only reuse books or only use documentaries, I think you're always going to be at least a certain 
amount of time behind what's going on. So, you know, yeah. Right on. Yeah. Um, do you ever, do you ever want to get into like on the ground research, like going out hunting for cryptids, uh, and that kind of thing? Yeah, definitely. Yes. Um, we visited a few locations just in producing Hey Strangeness, um, yeah. you know, the show. Um, but I, I, don't, I don't like to call us investigators because, like, I'm not out there putting in the work. I'm not going to haunted locations. I'm not out in the woods looking for Bigfoot. I, I haven't invested in sonar and drones. Like, I haven't done any of that stuff, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. But we've, we've visited several places, and, and I like, you know, checking places off my list of, like, paranormal destinations, so quote-unquote. Yeah. Um, and y y I get a real charge from it. Like the day I pulled into Hopkinsville um, and, and jumped out and like I jumped out of the car and I was reading the uh, grave memorial for Edgar Casey. I was like, this is I, I feel amazing right now. Oh, so that's awesome. <laughs> it was such a cool moment. Um, yeah. so, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of rambling. But to answer your question, yes, absolutely. Like, yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I, I would love to. Uh visit Hopkinsville, uh, at some point. <laughs> um, it was, it was wild at, um, uh, cryptid con. Um, one of the family members from, you know, the family that that whole thing happened to with the Hopkinsville goblins, I believe it was Geraldine was there and she walked over to my booth <laughs> and, um, saw my Hopkinsville goblin shirt. And she I think she was just like, Oh, I was there <laughs> or something like that. And I was like, <laughs> And I didn't realize who it was at first. And then I like remembered watching like a uh, couple interviews with her. And then I was like, she looked familiar. Oh shit. That was someone like important. <laughs> Don't you hate when that happens? Yeah. Yeah, man. It was just like, uh, but you know, deer in the headlights all day with those kind of things. You never know who you're going to see and meet. Um, CryptidCon yeah. was just a perpetual sequence of deer in the headlights moments. I think for a lot of us in the best possible way. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, now I, I think I remember you mentioning somewhere you're from Florida originally, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, any, any, uh, have you, have you ever met anyone that, uh, had encountered or witnessed a skunk ape or, or anything like that? No. And you know, to be honest, I wasn't aware of the skunk ape until, oh. um, last few years um i guess in the neighborhood i grew up in the people i hung out with it wasn't something that was really talked about even though i had several friends who were really into the mothman and ufos um didn't hear much about the skunk ape interesting in brevard county yeah that's really weird i'm actually just thinking of that for the first time so i'm glad you asked that question um, <laughs> but no that that was that was pretty separated from me yeah yeah that's funny that's funny um well, and, and speaking of like, you know, where you're from, you, you live out in Texas now, um, mm -hmm. and there's a fair amount of, of cryptids and, and creatures and legends and stuff out there. What, what would you say is like your favorite Texas cryptid or phenomena that's, that's, that's out there? Texas is a huge place. So there's yeah. obviously, there's a lot. <laughs> That's the thing. That's what I was going to say. It's enormous and there's a lot. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. We've got a little bit of everything, to be honest with you. Um, you know, there's shapeshifter legends. There's uh, Native American lore. There's Sasquatch sightings. There's hauntings. So many hauntings. Um, 
uh, Ghost Adventures, Zach Bagans and his crew have been down here a few times. They they did shows in Seguin and San Antonio. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, may have been the same episode. I don't remember. Uh, but there's a lot of ghosts. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Alamo is about 20 minutes from where I'm sitting right now. That's oh, supposed wow. to be haunted. Yeah, um, the Alamo is. Yeah, yeah. And the Alamo is one of three or four people are going to be so mad at me for not remembering, but three or four uh, missions that are in, in San Antonio that are all supposed to be haunted. So like there are ghosts everywhere, but like my favorite, uh, I don't know. Mm, I've gotten really into Dogman lately. Um, really, really into Dogman stuff. And I think Dogman is under-examined in general, but I think it's really under-examined in Texas. Um, yeah. I, uh, I, I don't feel like um, I've really, I guess, heard a lot of lore about Dogman in in Texas. Like you hear about it a lot. Like there's the Michigan Dogman. There's the Beast of Bray Road. Mm-hmm. Like the Midwest has a pretty like solid uh, set of stories and, and sightings um, that have happened over the past few decades. But Texas, yeah. that's definitely uh, something something to look into for sure. Um, yeah, there's, yeah, there's a bit to it. Yeah. Yeah. And I was actually, um, it's funny. You mentioned, uh, dog man. I was going to talk about this a little later, but why not now? I, I, the other day I actually listened to your guys episode on dog man, which is wild. And, and I guess oh, you, thank you. you, you wound up, uh, talking with Jody cook from the North American dog man project. Um, about that and you i mean you seem pretty convinced that that uh dogmen are pretty legit and uh yeah i don't know like we can talk about that for a minute or <laughs> it, it makes me think of like um you know jesse uh from hellbent holler uh and her and, and joe go out and investigate the land between they're lakes. so cool man yeah. yeah they're they're very cool but yeah, like they're like they're on the ground doing doing the investigations and research and stuff. And yeah, they they've they it sounds like they've had a couple of weird things happen, like when they're out in like LBL and and other spots <laughs> that they go to. That's what I was about to say. Yeah, I feel like that came up in their land between the lakes investigation or one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. they are investigators. That's why I say like. We're not investigators. We're bloggers, enthusiasts, uh, <laughs> hey. uh, you know, hype people. Uh, <laughs> they are investigators, those guys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Are there any particular um, Dogman stories in Texas that have really kind of piqued your interest that you've you've looked further into or or sightings that you know of off, off the top of your head? It's kind of a combination. Um, and... and of different ones and we cover this in our texas dogman triangle episode that you you just referenced thank you yeah. for that by the way yeah go listen to that episode everybody <laughs> thank you guys thank yeah. you jeff <laughs> uh, but you have you have three sightings that take place in a geographical area between austin and san antonio um that makes up about 700 square miles and we know that that's it's possible that a wolf or a wolf pack will hang out in a triangle that size um, based on the research I've done, I'm not a zoologist. I just, I've looked a bunch of stuff up. Okay. Uh, anyone's welcome to correct me at any time. Totally fine. Um, but then if you, if you go a little bit South and a little bit West, um, you have a native American legend of a shapeshifter that very closely aligns to 
what many of us probably think of when we hear the term skinwalker. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kind of a dark sorcerer that could that could turn into a a wolf entity. Um, and then you go a little bit south, almost to San Antonio, and you have the Converse Wolfman, and you have a story from. I want to say the late 1800s, early 1900s, about a bipedal canine that, you know, ate this farmer's son. Um, so you have stuff that goes back a few hundred years, and then you have some modern day sightings, which are on the NADP website. Um, Jody Cook and his team, incredible people. Like, like, can't say enough cool things about Jody Cook. Such a nice guy. Yeah, I got to get him on the show sometime. <laughs> He's a really cool I, dude, man. He I've was, had them on my radar for a while, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jody's great. He was the first person I got to interview live um, nice. for Paranormality. So much fun. But um, and then I have an account that I'm I'm lazy and I forget to do things. Uh, but I need to report this one to the NADP website. Um, there's a an eyewitness account from 2018 of one scene just a little bit north, and that's part of that triangle I mentioned a little bit earlier. Um, you know, so it, you just have a lot of dogman activity, both in folklore and in modern day sightings in a, in a fairly cloistered geographical area. Yeah. So it's not really one case, but when you take all of that together, to me, that's compelling at some capacity. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would certainly say so. <laughs> yeah. It was funny. I think I saw on Reddit this morning, there was some article uh, on some news subreddit that was talking about how uh wolves were being more reintroduced to other parts of north america uh and like and having protections for them so people can't like you know kill them and and, which is pretty interesting there's um yeah like years ago there in in vermont and new england there's been well vermont particularly there's there's been uh sightings of uh wolves like very very large wolves (laughs) that are like kind of more towards the canadian border um and sometimes there's like uh things called koi dogs which are kind of like a mix between i can't remember if it's like a regular dog and a wolf or coyote or something like that but i remember seeing one running across a road during the winter one night like god 10 years ago i was coming home from like a, a work dinner really late and it was this massive thing just running across this big open farm field and i was like what the what heck is, is that, that? Yeah. yeah but <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't bipedal uh but you know uh when i was uh i think in like the sixth or seventh grade i went down to uh there was a, a wolf sanctuary somewhere i think it was southern new hampshire or uh massachusetts and we got got to go on this field trip it was the same day we did like the the Salem Witch Museum, which was oh, pretty cool. cool. And dude, then they took yeah. us to this wolf sanctuary, and the wolves that they had there, like you go up to them, and they're massive. Like you don't realize, like you think, oh, it's like a oh, wolf is like a dog, but they're I was big. Say, I think of them as being like dogs, but they're no, big, they're, man. They're large animals. They're yeah. big, and I mean, I can only imagine like if a if a, a dog man is kind of like sasquatch <laughs> like in stature like that's got to be crazy intimidating not something that's i'd want to prospect yeah not something i'd want to run into <laughs> and a lot Honestly. of the, the encounters you read about you know like eyewitness reports of dogmen um i'm thinking of you know like linda s godfrey's uh, i know what i saw the beast of bray road she's written about them extensively yeah she's written many books on the topic and i haven't read them all yet 
Uh, but witnesses don't seem to describe Dogman encounters as being something they're terribly happy about. Like <laughs> the one that I'm, I'm lazy and haven't reported to the NADP website, the witness that gave that to us was like, honestly, I, I just, it was, it was scary. I didn't like looking at it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, it was, uh, let's see. I, I there was a, a dog man story that I, I briefly mentioned on one of my episodes last season. I think it was, I want to say I was either talking about haunted highways and roads. Uh, it might've been for my Patreon segment, but there was, uh, and I think it was somewhere in, in Maryland or Virginia where this woman was driving on this road late one night and she got this just like fear, like feeling of dread that like something was like out, out in the woods. And she was like in this remote area and I looked it up on Google maps and it's like, there's nothing around. There's like a few houses dotted here and there, but it's mostly forest. And she saw this thing kind of like out of her periphery pacing her car. And then she like stopped her car for like a few moments just to kind of be like, Cause she was freaking out and this thing like <laughs> jumped out from the, the, the tree line and into the road. And sure enough, it was like this dog man that kind of like looked at her, growled a little bit and then jumped back into the, into the woods. And she's just like, you know, <laughs> pedal to the metal, bat out of hell out of that area. <laughs> it's like, yo, I'm leaving now. Thank yeah. You. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I didn't want to see that. <laughs> Goodbye. I've had enough of this situation. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oof. That's pretty pretty intense. Um so you uh you you mentioned uh Paranormality magazine and you you write for them. Um Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. blogs and stuff. What's what's your experience been like uh writing for them and and what's your favorite article that you've you've worked on so far? <sighs> I know it, <laughs> I, I know you did like the whole Texas Chupacabra thing yeah. <laughs> recently for them, which we could talk about that in a minute if you want. <laughs> yeah. Always got to, always got to talk about the quote unquote Texas Chupacabra, but um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, Jack Kirby, the editor at Paranormality Magazine is uh, a really motivated entrepreneurial cool guy, but like also really chill and nice. nice. Um, you know, we've kind of become friends over the last few months and he and Cody Turk, uh, who's actually in San Antonio, he's a few geographical miles from me right now. Um, you know, Cody reached out to me and was like, hey, I've been following your work for a while. Uh, we're looking for writers for the magazine. Would you maybe be interested? And I, I'd heard of Paranormality. I'd read a few articles from them. So immediately I was like, yes, absolutely. Um, and it's just been, it's been so much fun. It's been so much fun. Um, I've gotten to meet and become acquainted with so many people that I absolutely would not have had the chance to talk to, uh, you know, at this point, by this point, if it wasn't for paranormality. Yeah. Um, and Jack is, Jack is so good at reaching out to people and, and making those connections and, and, you know, putting you in touch with people who a year ago were your, your personal heroes. And now they're dudes you're talking to on the phone, writing articles about like, it's so cool. I hope, I'm sorry. I kind of rambled a little bit. I hope that answered the question. <laughs> oh yeah, no, totally. I mean, it sounds like it's, it's been an awesome experience. Very it's positive. And yeah, it, it's, it's, it's a weird thing when you get the opportunities to speak with people that you only know of through, um, you know, 
books you're reading that they wrote or seeing yeah. them seeing them on a television show or documentary and you actually meet them yeah. in real life. Like when I met Seth Breedlove at Cryptid Bash, he just came to my table and he was like, hey, man, how you doing? And I was like, oh, you're Seth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, yes. And you you asked what my favorite I think you asked what my favorite article was so far. I think yeah. you did. I did. I'm sorry. I, I kind of went on a tangent there, but um, I've had some amazing interviews I've gotten to do. I got to talk to David Weatherly. I got to talk to Lyle Blackburn very recently. Uh, Jeremiah Byron, our mutual friend, uh, Mothboy Matt. I'm working on a profile on him. I've gotten to talk to a lot of really cool people. But when I got to interview Seth Breedlove, it was back in September. Um, and he was out in the woods in Ohio uh, where they're doing a lot of filming for the Bigfoot project. Yeah. Um, very, very shortly after he had his personal Bigfoot encounter or sighting, sighting, uh, potential sighting. Let's be as, as scientific as possible. Potential sighting, whatever. He saw something. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and while he was out there talking to me, cause he's out in the woods, like he was on his phone. He's like, Oh, I totally forgot about this. It's why I on my phone. I was like, dude, I'm just like stoked to talk to you. I don't even care about that. Um, while he was out there, there were weird noises coming from the woods. Um, there's a short clip that I put on YouTube um, and I put it on our Instagram profile at the time, but it's just this loud crack noise that interrupted huh. something he was saying. Um, I'm not going to tell people unequivocally that I heard wood knocks with Seth Breedlove while I was interviewing him while he was out, you know, in the place he was filming for the Bigfoot project, but I also can't write it off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I don't know if I, I, I saw that post. I'm going to have to go back and check it out. Yeah. That's... <laughs> That's pretty wild. I have to send it to you. Yeah. Yeah. That was amazing. Yeah. I mean, that was the first, that was the second time, third time I'd spoken to him. Um, the first time I interviewed him and I've been, I've been a big fan of small town monsters and Seth's work for a, a while. You know, there, there's, it's not an exaggeration to say I wouldn't be doing any of this stuff right now, probably if I hadn't run into their stuff, you know, a few years ago. Um, gotcha. So even, yeah, even getting to talk to him was a super cathartic experience. And then having these weird noises coming from the woods, you know, <laughs> while we're talking about his Bigfoot encounter, it was just so cool. It was so cool. You can't, you can't put a price on that. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. So the, the, the Texas Chupacabra, uh, yes. the polling that you did talk, talk about yes. that for a second. Cause that was really funny. <laughs> Yeah. So you want to just talk about the poll or, or the reason we did it or, or uh, all of it, I guess. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right. So, how, how did it come to be? Yeah. So for me personally, like I said, I, I mentioned this a little while ago, but the Chupacabra was one of those things that was still kind of fresh when I sort of got into cryptozoology when I was younger. Um, so then a few years go by and all of a sudden we're getting pictures of dead dogs from Texas and people are going, farmer catches chupacabra on his property. And I'm like, no, <laughs> that's a dog. <laughs> that's a dog or a coyote. And it just bothered me. It bothered me for a couple of years. Um, and then I, I you know, kind of weaseled my way into this community of podcasters and 40 and enthusiasts and, and uh, uh, you know, really awesome people who I adore um, and mo a lot through Instagram and also through Clubhouse. 
um, which was the first place you and I talked. And, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I was like, "Who's this Aaron guy? I don't know who this guy is." <laughs> who's this loud idiot screaming about the chupacabra? Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, it, it 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 somehow it came up in a clubhouse room one night, and I was like, "The thing is, guys, I don't think the one in Texas is the chupacabra." Um, and yeah. I say that as a person that lives in Texas and also a person that's interested in, in the paranormal and the unsolved. And everybody seemed to agree. Yeah, um, Chupacabra is from Puerto Rico. Yeah. Or, originally, yeah. right? Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and, and okay, I get there are some common behavioral traits that, that people have found where they're like, okay, that's, this is why we're calling these things the same thing. I get that. But we also associate cattle mutilation with Skinwalker Ranch. And I haven't heard anybody reporting Chupacabra sightings out of Skinwalker Ranch. I haven't heard anybody equating the, you know, maybe Sasquatch sightings out of Skinwalker Ranch with the Chupacabra. And maybe that's a little too far to go. But my point is that you can't just call something something because you found a dead chicken. You can't do that. You can't. <laughs> So sorry again. I, I'm no, very that's passionate good about this. I yeah, apologize. no, it's great. It's great. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so you know, we all started talking about it. And Jack Kirby, uh, editor of Paranormality Magazine, was in the room that night. He messaged me and he was like, "Hey, we can totally do a poll to rename the Texas Chupacabra." So um, we took suggestions on Instagram for names. We took all the names that were suggested during that clubhouse room. I think we had something like 25 26 total suggested names that were a part of the bracket um yeah it it was pretty cool many of them suggested by mutual friends and acquaintances of ours some of them just random folks from the internet who thought it was a cool idea (laughs) um yeah and uh texas terror dog came out on top that was suggested by joss and monique rose of fright life paranormal uh who I mentioned earlier. I love those guys. You got to listen to their show. They're amazing. Um, that was, that was their suggestion. And it, nice. it just, it stuck um, in the intervening months. I haven't done a whole lot to like push or publicize it or yell about it just because there's been so much going on. Uh, but Ken Gerhard before the campaign was completed while there was still voting going on said, yeah, we should rename this thing. That's a great idea. Um, that was on an episode of Bigfoot society. Uh I interviewed Lyle Blackburn for Paranormality a couple of weeks ago, and he both expressed favor for renaming the thing and also said that Texas Terror Dog was an appropriate name. He's like, I think that accurately sums up what it is. Um, And Seth Breedlove said similar things when I spoke to him on Strange Conversations a few weeks ago. So I just did a whole lot of name dropping which sounds really pretentious and, and is very annoying and I'm very sorry about it. But there's, there, there seems to be will within the community to do this thing is, is the point I'm trying to make. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No worries. That's <laughs> no, fun. That's fun. I, I just remember getting a really uh, good laugh when I saw all the different names. <laughs> there were some funny ones. Yeah. Yeah. There were, there were yeah. some good ones. Um, so <laughs> You you mentioned that you you uh you interviewed David Weather Weatherly. Um, yes. If anyone in the audience is not aware of, he's like a veteran investigator, author on all things Fortean. Um, how was it to talk to some someone who's just like up in the ranks in the field? He knew yeah. John John Keel personally. Uh, what what was that like? Um, that I. That was, was that the first interview I did? 
repair normality. I think it was. Oh um, man. Sorry. I had to think back for a second. Yeah. yeah. Jack, uh, Jack reached out to me and was like, Hey, do you, uh, you want to start working with, uh, or Cody reached out to me. Sorry. Like I said earlier, and put me in touch with Jack and it's like, Hey, you want to start working with us? Yes, absolutely. Would you like to do interviews? Yes, absolutely. I would. Um, David Weatherly was the first written interview I did for paranormality. Yeah. Sorry. Nice. You'll probably nice. want to edit this part out. My bad. Um, <laughs> no, whatever, but, <laughs> we're just rolling with it. <laughs> just rambling about the dates and stuff. Um, it was one incredibly intimidating until it actually started. I was so nervous leading up to it. Like, cause I think I knew about two weeks out that it was coming. So I had mm -hmm. time to prepare and, catch up on sleep and drink a little too much and then catch up on sleep again and then breathe deeply and all that stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, but then once I started talking to him, it was just like, just like talking to you, just like talking to a friend, like very nice. relaxed and chill. And like, he's the kind of guy that if you make a joke and it's not particularly funny, he'll probably still laugh a little bit. So you're not embarrassed. Like, <laughs> just such a nice, genuine person, such a, a fun guy to talk to. Um, and, and I've followed his work for a while with, you know, the black eyed children and just, just being David Weatherly. Cause he pops up in a lot of documentaries, a lot of TV shows. Yeah. Cause like you said, this is a guy that, that knew John Keel. This is a guy that personally corresponded with John Keel. So yeah, we're talking about somebody who is not only important to the modern day Forgian community, but has been around since the beginning of what we think of as the modern day Forgian community. Right. Um, you know, yeah. depending on where you want to trace our lineage back to, I mean, you probably are starting with Charles Fort and all those guys. But my point is, this guy's, a, he's a figurehead, he's important. Um, and you would expect, not necessarily expect, but you would not be surprised if a person who is as elevated and well-known as him was maybe a little rushed in their dialogue with a, a quick interview with some unknown blogger guy that was working <laughs> with the magazine. But right. like, it, it, it was like, he would have talked to you all day, like just such a nice guy. Awesome. Um, That's great. Yeah. So it was awesome, I guess. Sorry. I, I, I'm rambling a little bit tonight, but it was <laughs> awesome. <laughs> it was great. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And he, he's like the guy that, kind of put black eyed children on the map too, uh, which is pretty cool. What do you think about black eyed children? Well, they're also that's... out of Texas. <laughs> that's yeah. another thing we have from here. Yeah. Right. Um, I am really fond of the trickster, uh, uh, maybe interdimensional, maybe I like, okay. I don't like the term demonic because I think it takes people immediately to like the biblical description of demons. Um, or the traditional description of demons, whatever that is in your mind, yeah. like the movie The Exorcist, maybe. Um, but I think of them, if they're not aliens or alien hybrids, which is a theory I'm fond of based on some of the reading I've done, um, I tend to think of them as, as trickster, uh, maybe jinn entities. The jinn is a really deep rabbit hole that it would is. Uh, go down forever, but you, you hear about the Fae as being tricksters. You hear about the Jinn as being tricksters, demons as being very devious and trying to deceive people. Um, and when you hear about encounters with the black-eyed children, it really seems like their whole game is that they want to trick you into letting you or letting them into your house. Right. Yeah. 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 
So <laughs> that's what I tend to associate them with. But who knows? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I guess we, we don't know. That's a really good theory. That's I like that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't come up with it. I read it in books, but. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, you got to formulate your, your hypotheses on on uh, an amalgam of different things that you, yeah. you research. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever um have you ever encountered anything that you couldn't explain in your lifetime uh any encounters with like ghosts or ufo sightings or obviously so, y- you you had the wood knock the potential wood knock over the the phone when you're talking to seth yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean that if, if that counts i think it counts. Yeah. Um, definitely that i had some pretty weird experiences when i was younger um like in high school um it, you know it, I, I always try to think of a way to describe it that doesn't make me sound weird or insane weird like what is weird but insane um but you know my friends and i used to go out in the woods and that was what we did it was fun there's woods in florida and we found a, a spot where there was a cat skull sitting on top of a tree stump and it was in the middle of a clearing where there had probably been a building at one time because there was plumbing sticking out of the ground and some cornerstones. <laughs> and huh. if you brush the pine needles away, the ground was burnt. So like this building had apparently been on fire at one point. Um, it was just really weird. It was a weird place. You know, you, you go to a place sometimes and you're like, this is a place I should not supposed to be. So we left, <laughs> we walked further down the trail in those same woods and we found another clearing with uh, bathtubs everywhere. Um, just like bathtubs full of rainwater. Yeah. And then there was like a cage that was cemented and bolted into the ground. I can't even begin to imagine what the purpose of this place was. You found um, the den but of then Florida, we found a, man. A horse- I mean, yeah, Florida man is taking baths in rainwater and locking himself in a cage. That's best case scenario. Um, And then we found a horse skull and then we decided it was time to leave. That was enough animal bones. And things just got kind of weird after that. Weird noises in the night, weird dreams. Um, You know, for me, not just myself, but also the people I I explored these places with and, uh, some of that I'm sure was just teenagers being dramatic and imagining more than what's really there. But even at, you know, in my thirties, I look back on that. And I'm like, okay, I can't explain away at least these three things. So that was probably, probably my most significant and real experience, like firsthand experience with anything that might be paranormal. Um, yeah. If, if that counts, if that counts, who knows? Teenagers, teenagers are dumb. So <laughs> You know, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, it's it sounds like uh, potential ritual sites. There could have been some kind of uh, ritual, maybe black magic going on. Who knows? That's kind of always been my yeah, my yeah. guess, my guess if I had one. Um, yeah. Did, know, did this the, per- did the particular area have kind of a, a known local name to it? Like, you know, there's there's areas that are like satan's kingdom or the devil's wash yeah like <laughs> those places are, are usually associated <laughs> with high strangeness and like polter, poltergeist <laughs> activity well yeah i live near a place that is called the devil's wash bowl it's where the north oh i thought you just made that up that no no the, the devil the devil's wash bowl is the alleged um layer of the northfield Pigman in vermont which is uh, a local urban legend (laughs) 
fun That's story. That's right. You covered that before. I have. I have. Yeah. <laughs> I went out there to do some filming back in, in uh, October before CryptidCon. And um, I'm going to do like a little video about it. But I realized after I came back, I have like too much shaky cam going on. And I, I recently got a drone. So I want to take the drone out and do some more filming once the spring hits. But right now that area is like buried in snow. So you can't get out to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, no, that's that's uh, definitely interesting. Uh, gives me like uh, wrong turn vibes uh yeah <laughs> your story yeah <laughs> yeah like something. i just don't belong here this is a place not for me yeah yeah yeah, yeah. gotta go <laughs> um what would you say your your favorite conspiracy theory is mm. um does roswell count you know well i mean government cover-up uh maybe maybe it, it that's could. not fair maybe that's a little too easy because you know yeah that's a little too easy um <laughs> i'm 100 percent convinced by roswell just for the record but conspiracy theory that's a tough one man huh <laughs> i try to be careful with the conspiracy stuff because when you get you get too deep into the conspiracy theory community you start getting into um the realm of science denial and and sometimes holocaust denial and other things that that you know i don't really want <laughs> yeah no for sure for sure so it's like, it's a be... it's a fine line you gotta you gotta walk with that kind of stuff yeah for sure. yeah like you gotta you just gotta be careful um favorite conspiracy theory though like uh probably the reptilians the lizard people i love the idea that that there are just lizard people everywhere um, <laughs> running society and maybe they have connections to the anunnaki and maybe they live underground i don't know i don't care uh that's probably my favorite i'm not necessarily convinced by it but i just love i love it i love it, it it is a funny idea for sure <laughs> yeah yeah um uh who who's your favorite like uh Fordian author or um well I guess I was like cryptid documentarian, but I guess you know small town monsters you've kind of mentioned a whole bunch of times. Oh hundred let, percent. Let's go with author. Let's go with author. <laughs> who's your favorite yeah. Fordian author? <laughs> yes. Um sorry, I make that one a little easy. If anyone has yeah. anything bad to say about small town monsters, I'll send you my address. We can meet. Uh <laughs> No, but um, authors, see, that's tough. I have like 12 Nick Redfern books. Um, I think I have the most of his of any single writer. So if I had to just pick one, probably Nick Redfern, because nice. I love the way, yeah, I mean, I love the way he gives everything its its moment to possibly be true. Like, some of the cases he writes about, you might read them and, and go, oh, okay, well, this is clearly a hoax or something. But I love the way he takes everything into account, brings everything into the table, and allows the reader to make up their own mind. Um, you know, not in that he's trying to convince you that every single piece of evidence is necessarily valid, but I love the way he just he gives it all a fair shot. Like, hey, here's what was reported. Read about it. See what you think. Um, and he's covered such a wide array. Yeah, of, he's very prolific. Of, 
yes, he covers everything, really. Like his most recent book is on time travel. Um, purchased but not yet read. I have a lot of books in that category. Yeah, same. Uh, <laughs> same. You know, yeah. <laughs> so if we're talking like volume of books purchased and read, Nick Redburn for sure. I love John Keel. Um, the Mothman Prophecies, of course, is one of my top three books. I also believe that the eighth tower is essential, essential reading to any Fordian enthusiast. Um, essential. So <laughs> You know, I'm really bad about answering questions about favorites, but it's one of those guys. <laughs> there, there you go. Hey, hey, gives us gives gives us gives us a good snapshot. I think. Um, <laughs> I gotta ask. I I saw on your Instagram stories feed that you posted a bunch of book covers today, and one of them was from the Animorphs series. Yeah. And I I just <laughs> so years and years ago I was in this band. And, um, the, the drummer for this band, he, um, lived in a rural town in like the Southern part of Vermont. And he had this older brother that I guess was out one night and, uh, he claimed that, uh, they were like partying and they saw this like group of people like walking down like a nearby dirt road that they had like a, a view of and there were some trees kind of obscuring part of it. And they, they saw these people like walking down the road and then they went behind the trees. But when they came out the other end, they saw like dogs or something like that. So he was all on this like Animorphs kick. For a while. <laughs> and that just made me think of that story today. I haven't thought of that in years, but I'm like shapeshifters. That's uh, that's interesting. Yes. Yeah, they're they're aliens and shapeshifters. And here's a confession. Uh, confession <laughs> time. Here's what I got. Um, I didn't read Animorphs as a kid. I, I I didn't own any of the books. I watched a few episodes of the TV show. But you know, now as I'm obsessively collecting books, um, it, you know, it dawned on me one day. Oh my God, they have shapeshifters and aliens in them. I have. <laughs> purchase them so anytime i find an animorphs volume of any kind at, yeah. at like the used bookstore i go ahead and pick it up yeah that's awesome yeah, <laughs> yeah no, it's just that made me think of that story today and i was just like oh that's that's hilarious <laughs> <laughs> so um you and sarah you you both went to cryptid bash and cryptid con yeah as, as attendees um are you planning to like vend at any of those events or any other events this year or are you just gonna road trip and and uh attend and, and that kind of thing what 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 are, what are your plans for 2022 yeah that's that's a fun question thanks for asking um yeah so we will be at cryptid bash that's an essential like that's that was our first event that's where all of the wonderful people that welcomed us into this community will be um for the most part, I'm not sure if everybody's going to be there, but you know, a lot of people, um, I, I, I guess I, it's possible we're vending it at that one. I, I, I think it's okay to talk about that. Um, <laughs> it's possible. I can neither confirm nor deny, but it's within <laughs> yeah. the realm of possibility. Um, yeah. so that may be our first, uh, uh, you know, attempt as vendors we'll see how that goes yeah. um and then paranormality is is sponsoring and vending at a few conventions this year um uh, hopefully sarah and i will be at them but if we're not able to be at them uh 
will probably be represented there because there's you know paranormality is also really good about uh promoting the stuff that its writers are doing so you know that's cool that's cool you can catch us at paranormality stuff too but um yeah definitely cryptid bash uh definitely cryptid con that's number two um we're really hoping to make the mothman festival but like Mm. you know cryptid bash is in august uh cryptid con is in november and for some reason, we still have day jobs. For some reason, they haven't fired us yet. So, <laughs> you know, fitting a fitting a September trip in there might right. be a bit of a challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm kind of in the, I, I definitely want to go to Mothman Fest this year if it happens. Uh, hopefully it does. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. Fingers, um, I think I, I'm just thinking positive. I think it will. Yeah. 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 Um, do you, Paranormality. Do you, sorry, I got to make sure I mentioned this. So sorry. Yeah. Um, P- Paranormality is also doing a convention starting hopefully this year in Florida. So oh. we're really hoping to get to that. Obviously, you know that would be cool. Uh, so yeah, there's a oh there's an oddities and curiosities convention in Austin in June, and then there's a paranormal convention in San Antonio in July. And then there's the Folk Monster Festival, which I think is somewhere in May. We're hoping to go to all of that stuff. But my point is there's too many wonderful things happening. Yeah, (laughs) there are. Yeah, I I, want to like someday get another like tour van so I can like go to like all these shows. Yeah, dude. (laughs) That would be awesome. (laughs) Um, Now, speaking of of Cryptid Badge, so (laughs) if, if anyone who's listening follows my Instagram page or follows strangeness you you may have seen the the krampus uh costume that aaron so gra- gracefully wore and probably shed about 10 pounds sweating under during that <laughs> event um do you, <laughs> do you do you think you'll be uh you'll be busting out some new costumes this year i know that was uh from sarah from uh, Snallygaster Museum. I was brought that say, costume, yeah, but all, all honor to Queen Sarah Snallygaster of yeah. the American Snallygaster Museum, um, it, because that was a hundred percent her and Kenzie and and Heather. They came up with that, and they were like, "Hey, would you like to?" <laughs> Originally, I was supposed to be Bigfoot. I was supposed to be a Sasquatch, um, and I spent a good two to three weeks working on my Sasquatch walk. Uh, you know, rewatching the Patterson Gimlin film and just trying to like not nail it nobody can nail it uh but you know like get as close as possible and then the night uh friday night right before cryptid cons uh, some you know jagaloon uh broke into someone's car and stole the mask for the yeah, costume yeah so it's just pretty dumb <laughs> yeah jackknife the whole thing um yeah. also took someone's wallet you know their their money and other important things like you know total total jagaloon um but Sarah had the Krampus costume kind of as a backup and she had said, well, maybe we'll do both. We'll just see what happens. So it just became Krampus by default. Um, yeah. I, I will dress as any monster at any time. Um, but it, I, I, you know, I'm not, I don't have the capacity to, to put that together on my own. Like I'm just, I'm not going to do it. I'll be honest with you. So <laughs> if, if anyone out there wants someone to wear a monster costume, I'm a hundred percent in. Um, provided that Sarah and Heather and Kenzie don't need me to do it because, you know, ride or die. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. Um, let's see. I, I think I've got a, uh, a couple more questions here that I scratched down. Yeah. Um, what's 
if if you could interview one person for your show, um, living or or dead, who would it be? Ah, see, that's tough. Um, can I do one living and one dead? Can I yeah. drop out again and cheat a little bit? Okay. Sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so dead, uh, Tom Slick. Uh, Thomas Baker Slick Jr. was um, a guy who financed a lot of really early cryptozoology, uh, Sasquatch research. He was the guy that financed Peter Byrne, one of the four horsemen. Um, and he's, he was from San Antonio, and he founded a couple of scientific institutions, several scientific institutions that are still around to this day. Uh, he personally went on trips to look for the Yeti um in the himalayas just a fascinating guy and he used his own personal fortune to do all this stuff um he also made big contributions during world war ii and invented some kind of construction method that we're still using today whatever he spent a bunch of money on sasquatch um <laughs> also a very prolific art collector uh really interesting guy and he, nice. he he unfortunately died in a plane crash at the same age his father died that's a little bit interesting um so yes yeah definitely reading to tom slick um so yeah tom slick dead um living i i really want to talk to tom delong um (laughs) i really want to talk interesting conversation (laughs) yeah i i i was a blink 182 kid back in the day you know i'm 34 now so like that's 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 where i'm at yeah, um, I grew I like up Angels on and airwaves. Yeah, I grew up on Dude Ranch and Cheshire. Cheshire I can't say the word Cheshire Cat. Uh, Cheshire and Enema <laughs> of the State. Yeah, like those were like yeah. my my anthem albums when I was in high school. So yeah, like that's 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 a part of my my you know my development as a human. Um, and then if you look at the work that uh, Tom and To the Stars have done in the uh, ufo paranormal community over the last few years it really is very 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 significant like the state of ufo disclosure would not be what it is i don't think uh without the work that they've done and yeah, uh yeah so i'm real i would love to just pick his brain for a while i actually have uh i i sent an email through the contact form on their website and i got an email back from his press team and they basically said we'll ask him and let you know so fingers crossed it could happen hey it could happen. <laughs> That would be yeah. that would be wild. <laughs> Could happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Aliens and Tom DeLong. Wow. <laughs> um, let's see. Before we uh what's um what's one thing that nobody knows about you? Um I talk a lot, so that's a tough one. Um People know this, but it doesn't come up in, in the Fortean community a lot. Uh, I, I really like musicals. Uh, I, I, uh, I know 95 to 97% of the words for, of Hamilton. Um, a, nice. a lot of people do, you know, okay. I don't think I'm special, but that's a thing. Um, I've seen uh, Cinderella. I've seen Book of Mormon. Um, live that was great a couple other shows i can't remember right now i guess i like musicals it was kind of a recent development but um <laughs> that's yeah. awesome there i think go. moana's great moana that's a great, great movie it's a great one yeah <laughs> have you seen have you seen encanto i like encanto yeah yeah um <laughs> really anything that lin-manuel miranda puts his hands on i'm gonna sure. like you know there and you again i realize that's the case for a lot of people but but 
Yeah, I, I like musicals. I like musicals. Nice. That's a fun little factoid. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's there's a lot of younger people getting into the Fordian world and cryptozoology. What's what's a piece of advice that you'd have for young people that are they don't know where to start and you know, stuff like Bigfoot and Chupacabra and Mothman are something that's really kind of speaking to them. What what would you what would you say to the younger generation? It's so wild being asked that question because I like think of myself as the younger generation. Like <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't I have no idea what I'm doing at any given time. Um <laughs> You know, and I've only been at this for a couple of years now, so I, I still feel like I'm new. Um, but I mean, just just whatever catches your interest, dive into it. Um, if you heard about Mothman on one of your meme boards, you know, and you thought that sounded cool, read into Mothman. Like, do that. Um, if you've always been interested in the idea of Sasquatch, look into Sasquatch. Like, there's more out there on Sasquatch Bigfoot right now than there ever has been. Um, there's groundbreaking work being done in the field and, uh, you don't have to look too hard for it. <laughs> it gets not yeah. that hard to find. Um, start with whatever you're interested in. And most likely if you spend more than a little bit of time in the world of the, the 40 and the unsolved, the paranormal, um, you're going to find that probably whatever you're interested in connects to something else, which connects to something else. So I think you can approach this stuff really organically, like, Whatever sounds interesting to you, start with that and see where you end up. But there's no there's no right way. I don't think there's any, you know, correct path because n- none of us know what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Never a truer, truer thing has been spoken. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I feel that for sure. Um, I've got a couple audience questions here. Um and uh, I just want to check check my old uh, the old cell phone here. Make sure there's uh, make sure we got them all. Okay, looks like we do. All right. So uh, the first question I have here is from a previous guest of the show, Mothboy Mike. Yay! <laughs> hey, Mike, how are you doing? Mike. Uh, Mike wants to know. And I guess you might have already answered this already, uh, but what's your favorite cryptid and why? Um, yeah, it, it's it's a continual toss-up for me right now between Mothman and Dogman. Um, Mothman, I think, challenges what we understand about reality. Uh, Dogman, I feel like there's a lot of evidence, both folkloric and modern, going back many, many years. Um, so it's hard, it's hard for me to pick one of those. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> I always cop out on these favorite questions. I always yeah. do that. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's hard. <laughs> it is. Let's go dog man. Let's just say dog, dog man. man. I'm going to jump right. in both feet. Dog man. Dog man all the way. <laughs> yeah. Most likely hundred percent flesh and blood. Unlike the <laughs> interdimensional or ultra terrestrial moth man. <laughs> yeah. I think if I meet Mothman, I will go insane. I think if I meet Dogman, I will just be slightly more afraid of dogs, which I'm okay with. So <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. All right. 
All right. Our next question here comes from our buddy Greg Morrill from All Greg. the Weird. Uh, how are you doing, Greg? Um, I'm Gre- good, Greg. Greg. Greg wants to know what your view on ghosts is and have you ever gone ghost hunting? Ah, okay. So I haven't gone ghost hunting. Um, like I don't have an EVP meter. I don't have a spirit box. I've never gone someplace and spent the night. You know, I've never done that. Um, I've been to places that I am convinced are haunted. Uh, I, I, I've felt weird energies and, and said, I need to get the hell out of here. Like we talked about earlier, you know, um, what is my opinion on what ghosts are? Is that was that the question? Sorry. Yeah, I think that's kind of yeah. What's what's your view on ghosts? <laughs> okay, so yeah. I I don't like the idea that ghosts are human spirits that are still hanging around because I don't I don't want to hang around here after I die. I get I don't want to. I don't want, I want to leave. I want to sleep. You know, I don't I don't want to hang out on Earth after I die. I don't want to do that. Um, <sighs> I'm fond of things like the stone tape theory that ah. ghostly apparitions are, you know, recorded energy manifestations of things that have happened before. Um, maybe interdimensional portals or time slips. We're seeing things that happened in the past. Um, at the end of the day, though, my biggest thing on ghosts is I don't think they're to be trusted. Um, I don't see any reason we should believe anything a non-corporeal spirit tells us. Uh you know, whether it's through a spirit spirit box or an EVP or whatever. Um, I don't, I don't buy into the idea that we can like solve crimes by talking to ghosts. And that comes up sometimes in mainstream ghost hunting shows. Um, I don't buy that at all. I, I, why are you going to believe this thing? <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? Am I being oh no, totally. No, no, no. That totally makes sense. It's uh yeah, you know, if if there's something to it, it's you know you want to be uh, mindful for sure of what you're inviting into your life for sure. Yes. Yeah. Yes. There's a lot of people that are careless and yes, the maybe some unsavory things and things they don't expect might uh, might affect them in certain ways that. Uh, are undesirable let's just yeah because it it takes me back to the the trickster motif again like Mm -hmm. what what do they say about uh, demons the jinn the fey we can't necessarily see them they're not to be trusted you shouldn't take what they say at face value how do we know that at least uh, not necessarily every case i don't like the one size fits all solution for anything necessarily um the world is too big and wonderful and diverse it has to be multiple things in my opinion um but like, why, why am I going to trust something talking through a spirit box that says, oh, yeah, I'm the, I'm the ghost of Abraham Lincoln. No, you're not. Why, <laughs> why, why do I think that you are? No, like, I, yeah, I have no yeah. reason to believe you. People lie. Why, why do we not think that spirits lie? We know. Right. That. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Have That's you ever. That's what I think about ghosts. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever, have you ever messed around with like Ouija boards or anything like that? No, I'm terrified of Ouija boards. Oh, um, I'm terrified <laughs> of spirit boards. When I, I grew up in the Southern Baptist Church, so they were just, okay. you don't talk about them, you don't look at them, you don't mess with them. Yeah. Um, and now even, even as an adult, I'm sure there's some of that prejudice left over that's just kind of ingrained in me, but I've read too many stories about people that mess with Ouija boards 
and then had a very bad time afterward. So I just, I just don't want to, I don't want to. Yeah. yeah you know, I, I don't blame you. Yeah. I don't blame you. I, yeah. I don't, I don't, want I, don't to. I don't mess with them either. I had some weird experiences where I was present during the use of some <laughs> and some weird stuff happened. And uh, yeah, <laughs> it's not something yeah. I, I really uh, dip my toes into at all. Yeah. Like best case <laughs> scenario, something weird happens and then there are no negative consequences. That's best case scenario. Right. Worst case scenario, do your own research. I'm not interested in that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> tread, tread, tread lightly. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> okay, so our last question here uh, comes from Cassie's Land. Um, Cassie! How, how are you doing, Cassie? Cassie is one of my Patreon members, and uh, she makes Cassie awesome produce awesome um, artwork. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, she makes awesome artwork. She's doing all this art on shoes right now, which is yes. really super fun. Uh, she did a Fresno Nightcrawler one recently that said like "Dad bod on it or something. I, can't I remember. saw that, <laughs> and I was like, "I want so a good." <laughs> she did a she did a uh, an illustration based on uh, something we talked about in one of our most recent episodes, and like I can't I can't tell you how full my heart is like the fact that someone made art based on something that Sarah and I made. I just it just blows my <laughs> mind. Cassie's Cassie's great. Is my yeah favorite. yeah yeah. Um, so she wants to know, uh, uh, how do you come up with your episode ideas? Ooh, it's really, it's really random. It's, it's very much just like a shotgun in the dark. Um, and we see what sticks. Our first few, uh, we focused really heavily on like Latin American lore and mythology, um, stuff that's kind of local to Austin, San Antonio and the surrounding areas, partially because it's easy to visit these locations, you know, when we're talking about them. Um, but also like Sarah, Sarah's family is of Mexican descent and there are folks in her family who will tell you, yeah, I've seen La Lechuza. Uh, oh yeah. Brujaria is a real thing. Like I can, I can talk to you about it. So having people to go and speak with that have firsthand experience with this stuff has proven incredibly interesting and invaluable, like so fascinating. So it, it really, I guess out of convenience is how we select our topics, like go. whatever's in front of us at the time. Um, yeah, we did a couple uh, episodes on local San Antonio, Austin area stuff. And then uh, a listener approached us and was like, Hey, I think I have some UFO evidence from San Antonio. And they sent us some pictures. So like, oh, well, let's expand on this. Let's do an episode on UFOs in this part of the country. Um, so it, it just kind of depends. It just really sort of depends what crosses our radar. And uh, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. That's that's a real cop-out answer. I didn't answer the question <laughs> at all. I'm sorry. <laughs> now, I mean, there, there's so many different topics you can go into. And it, it becomes overwhelming with what you want to talk about. Like, for me personally, like, I have... I don't even know a list of a hundred different topics that I wrote, yes. wrote down that like I'm crossing off the list of yes. like what I want to do an episode on. And sometimes it's like you go into like a theme of like, you want to do a couple episodes on this particular kind of topic. And then you want to pivot towards something else. Like you want to talk about cryptids one week. You want to talk about UFOs the next week. So yeah, yeah it's uh 
<laughs> need to get like a big spinny wheel and just kind of throw a dart at it when it spins. That's, that would be a great <laughs> way to do it. We made a we made a list of topics when we first started taking notes because you know we started uh, taking notes and kind of drafting stuff out about three months before we started recording. And yeah. we have a list of topics we wrote down at that time, and we've only hit on like a third of them. You know, like there's still so much. It's yeah. Hard. It's yeah. Hard. yeah. Yeah. You start do like down this road and you're like, ah, oh, you know, there's only so many things you can talk about. But then once you open the door it, there's like more doors after that yeah. <laughs> and it just keeps going and you're just like, oh, like I didn't realize there were so many cryptids beyond like Bigfoot and Mothman and and the Loch Ness Monster when I was younger. And even yes. even toward, like up to, uh, to a couple of years ago, I didn't realize there was so much more than than what what I grew up with knowing about. But yeah, so much. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. it's it's fun. It's it's a it's a passion for sure. It's it's, it's a deep rabbit hole. Yeah. 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 Uh, so um, one more question for you. Uh, and it's something that I, I typically have been asking uh, guests on the show is uh, out of all the high strangeness out in the world, uh, what keeps you up at night the most? Mm. Uh, oh, that's a good one. That's a really good one. Wow. Uh, mm. <laughs> that's a good question. You take a second. Yeah, dang. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess you can always like edit these parts out. Um, <laughs> uh, what first pops into my mind is the gin, uh, hmm. you know, but not necessarily like, oh, the gin, GDs, but like the idea that there is an entity or a consciousness or beings. Uh, that transcend our reality and have been around much, much longer than us. Um, you know, again, because you see that idea pop up in different aspects of mythology and different aspects of folklore. Um, you know, and when you see something pop up so frequently and so often, it's it's hard to write it off, I guess. Um, yeah. And yeah. my mind tends to just go back to the gym every time, like simply because those legends are so old. Um, because they've been around for so very long and because they could have so many potential connections to other paranormal phenomena. I very often am like getting ready for bed and I'm reading any given book of the 40 and variety. And I'm like, there's no reason this can't connect to the gym. So <laughs> that, I guess yeah. I'm not like an expert. Like I'm not of Muslim descent. I, I don't, I don't, I don't have like really great knowledge of it in the sense that I can speak about it culturally. Um, but I just find it incredibly fascinating, incredibly yeah. fascinating. Yeah, it is a very interesting subject for sure. Um, and ha have you ever have you ever fallen down the the the, U the YouTube rabbit hole of like the ghost hunters and stuff uh, who go after Jin and they some of the videos there's like stuff flying around and there's like shadow <laughs> like shadow people that like pop up in like random rooms in these old bombed out buildings in like the middle east it's like <laughs> some of it yeah yeah I've it's, seen it's, some of it. yeah it's it's wild uh yeah definitely no <laughs> i hear you it's definitely something that's a little some un wild unnerving for sure and to, to millions of people it's a very real thing like yeah millions of people of of you know, 
that, that come from a Muslim background, like that these are just real things to them. Uh, yeah. Kind of like Sasquatches to certain uh, people of Native American descent. So for me, when it's that deeply ingrained in someone's beliefs and their cultural background, and oh yeah, my uncle saw the gym once. Like it's hard to write that stuff off. It's hard mm-hmm. to just be like, yeah, never mind. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, with with uh, the overwhelming anecdotal evidence and all that stuff, there's got to be you know some kind of uh, truth in there. I think something. Yeah. Well, listen, Aaron, this is uh, this was really great having you on. Thank you so much for coming on to the show. This is a great Thank conversation. Uh, can you tell my audience uh, where they can find you? Yeah, um, uh, we're on Instagram very very regularly. Uh, at hey underscore strangeness. Um, you can find our podcast on uh, Spotify, Apple, most of the major podcast platforms. Also just hey strangeness. Um, <coughs> excuse me. So sorry. Uh, you can find us on YouTube. I, I put all of our strange conversations interviews on there after they air on Instagram, just because they're a little more accessible. Um, we're on Twitter, but it, it, not really, they don't really update it. We're on Etsy too. We have a merch store. It exists. Um, you know, yes, you go check out their merch. Uh, is that one of the shirts that you're wearing there? Yeah, it's El Mothman. Oh, uh, Mothman. This was, this was, <laughs> yeah, this was designed by our very good friend Mike G, Art of the Morning Star. It is uh, Mothman styled after uh, traditional Mexican Loteria, which is a, a bingo style game um, nice. with, with playing cards. So, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's where you can find us. We're out there, we're around mostly instagram (laughs) sick (laughs) that's awesome well yeah thanks again aaron for for hanging out tonight um and thanks everybody out there for listening uh aaron has agreed to hang out for a few more minutes uh for strangeology beyond the patreon exclusive segment of the show uh so Hang around, and uh, we're just going to take a short break here, and we'll be right back, and we're going to get into uh, talking about some occulty stuff and and, uh, that kind of thing. (laughs) (laughs) All right. See you later, everybody. Bye. All right. Thanks again, Aaron, for coming on to the show and chatting about what you do with Hey Strangeness, along with your blogging and your love for all things weird. Aaron and Sarah are pretty awesome. So for you listeners out there, if you haven't checked out their show yet, definitely go give them a listen. You can find their show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much anywhere you can listen to your favorite podcasts. And it would be great if you consider supporting them at their merch store. I'm sure they would appreciate it and it would help them out a ton with future endeavors with their project. And as I always do when wrapping up an episode, I've got to give big kudos to everyone out there who checks out this show. Thank you so much for listening and sharing the Strangeology podcast. It helps me out so much when you do. And if you have a minute, I'd love it if you left me a review over on Apple Podcasts or if you want to send me a message or suggestions, you can always hit up my website, strangeology.com and go to the contact page or just hit me up on social media. Um, My DMs are always open. 
uh, especially on Instagram. Uh, that's where you'll find me most of the time. And of course, I've got to plug the Patreon too. If you're looking for an easy way to support the Strangeology podcast, you can head right on over to patreon.com forward slash strangeology. I offer a wide variety of benefits and perks, starting at as little as $1 per month. Some of the perks include a merch discount to my Etsy shop, VIP Discord access, early access to content, access to the members-only Strangeology Beyond segment of the show, exclusive members-only merch, shoutouts, and more. And speaking of shoutouts, these patrons help keep Strangeology chugging along, and all of them are very, very awesome. We've got Alex Dorgan, Alyssa, Mystic Novelty Company, Appalachian Huntsman, MetaZoo Games, Greg Morrill from All the Weird, Sean Cologne, Miranda Jarnot, John Hickenbottom, Marine Asmat, Gail Frederick, William Malcomese, Adam Flynn, Connor Boyle, Ryan Holiday, Cassie Maratson, and Ann Lutrzakowski Ford. So again, if you want to check out my Patreon, head on over to patreon.com forward slash strangeology. I very much appreciate it and uh, love you guys so much. You can also support the show by picking up merch at my Etsy shop, which I'll link to in the show notes, uh, but the easy address is strangeology.etsy.com. Every once in a while, I'll throw a, a sale, or if you sign up for my email list, which you can do so over on strangeology.com, occasionally I'll send out discount codes that way as well. And don't forget to follow me on social media and also subscribe to my YouTube channel. You can find me on Instagram, of course, uh, TikTok, Twitter, and Facebook as well, whatever you prefer. And if you do follow me on Instagram, I do periodically run giveaways over there. I haven't done one in a little bit, but I'm planning on doing one as I hit 5,000 followers there. Uh, So that'll be... That'll be a big giveaway, so definitely follow me there, and uh, if you want some rad Strangeology merch, you definitely don't want to miss it. And that about does it for today's show, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the interview with Aaron. For members, we're going to take a short break, and Aaron and I are going to be diving into the topic of Jack Parsons, a rocket man and an occultist with a very strange story indeed. Stick with us, and for everyone else, take care of yourselves and each other. And until next time, keep it strange.
All right, welcome back to my Patreon members. Thanks for sticking around for the Strange Algae Beyond segment of the show. And thank you again, Aaron, for being able to hang out for the show tonight.